Welcome to another episode of the brand called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today I am privileged to welcome a wellness entrepreneur Preeti Rao to our show. Preeti, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ashutosh. Uh, thank you. Preeti is the founder and CEO of uh, an organization called Wellgy. She's a leading health and wellness coaching organization and she's a qualified personal trainer and a certified yoga teacher so preeti what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career yeah what a powerful question to start off this interview ashutosh mm-hmm. you know three main milestones which have been instrumental for me personally and professionally my first was when i was only about 21 years old and mm-hmm. i had the opportunity to go to an ashram Okay. And I stayed at the ashram for about a month. You know, we had to get up at five thirty in the morning, do satsang, and you know, um, we everyone was assigned a karma yoga task. We we were doing few hours of yoga every day, just kind of being in that regiment of discipline and completely mm-hmm. detached from the rest of the world. No makeup, no fancy outfits, mm-hmm. just kind of immersing in myself. Really allowed me to look at my life, mm-hmm. you know. And I sat on the river bed. uh which was right next to the ashram in trivandrum for many hours meditating and pondering on the question who am i mm-hmm. why am i here mm-hmm. and what makes me happy okay so these are the questions i was asking when i was 21 mm-hmm. and my experience of being in the ashram rather than going to a discotheque or you know doing other things that yeah. young people were doing gave me an absolute clarity in terms of where i wanted to head mm-hmm. so that was the first the second was uh, when i had uh, an episode of car accidents mm-hmm. in my life okay okay so even though i had absolute clarity what was i what i was called to do mm-hmm. i did not have the courage to follow through okay okay sometimes you have a lot of self doubt mm-hmm. you don't believe in your own vision or you don't have um, you know the guts and the courage to call, follow through so in america when i was living there i had a very bad car accident mm-hmm. which even now i have i have some sort of a disability in my spine mm-hmm. which limits my movement and day to day activities sometimes but the car accident what happened was thereafter i was almost bedridden for mm-hmm. some time mm-hmm. okay again a time of reflection mm-hmm. right because you kind of look at your life and you say what happened because this was a time every time i went on got on a flight mm. the flight would be canceled mm. delayed if you were traveling with me your bags would arrive on time and mine mine won't wow. so it was like the universe is trying to tell me something and i'm not listening mm. okay so here i am lying on the bed and i can't really do much except ponder on my life Mm-hmm. So this was the second instance I I you know took me back to the first incident when I said that is what I wanted to do but I'm not doing what I'm called for. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is why I have this reoccurrence mm-hmm. of these episodes by the universe is saying to say you need to look at your life differently. Okay. I think um the third uh incident was the birth of my son. Okay. okay and it was very profound even till the time my son was born which is about when i was 38 years old i kept 
should i do it should i not do it will i have the courage to you know and everybody in society keeps telling you there is nothing in this you know they, you can't really make anything out of this there's mm-hmm. no opportunity and there's a lot of self doubt that the society portrays on you and sometimes mm-hmm. it kind of you can start believing that mm-hmm. right so but with the birth of my son it always was like welgy burst out of me mm-hmm. okay it was a very powerful journey for me because i realized at that point this is what i was born to do but if i didn't do it now i'll probably never do it mm-hmm. something about birthing my son gave me the courage okay. the belief mm-hmm. self belief okay that i can do this mm-hmm. and every time as a young mother or a or a mother who's just given birth not mm-hmm. really young but mm-hmm. a mother who's just given birth to a child mm-hmm. who would probably spend idly spend time resting i was writing my model okay right so my son the birth of my son was the third instrumental lifestyle you know event in my life and ever since then i haven't looked back fantastic so these are the three uh, that's, important that's quite amazing milestone so tell me you know you said that at 21 you went off to the ashram yes what motivated you to go to the ashram i mean what was there in, in your in your earlier years that uh, you know motivated you to go to the ashram and find yourself You know what happened Ashutosh I was at that time also the Reebok fitness brand ambassador so I used to teach a lot of classes 1000 classes in a year mm-hmm. so if you imagine my life was always on the body beautiful space right the trainer who's always trying to get people yeah. fit but a lot of great satisfaction from that space mm-hmm. but then when again I was in America and I had visited an aunt of mine and I saw her do a headstand mm-hmm. okay when I saw her do the headstand I was like I want to conquer that again coming from a physical mindset that mm-hmm. i want to be able to do that and i can't do that even after i've been training so many people in thousand classes and why the hell can i not stand on my head mm-hmm. right so the pursuit of the headstand took me to the ashram here mm-hmm. in delhi okay and i went to the ashram and there was a gentleman i still remember his name arunji he was sitting next to me and he said priti i see you going to the ashram because when you go to the ashram your life is going to be transformed and people have been healed and people have overcome life challenges and lifestyle diseases mm-hmm. my inquisitiveness of this man's conviction mm-hmm. how can somebody's life be transformed mm-hmm. you know at a metaphysical emotional mental spiritual space mm-hmm. drove me to an ashram at the age of 21 22 years old packing my bags and sitting in the train for 3 days and that's what actually drove me my pursuit my inquisitiveness of that mm. i'm so glad i followed my intuition at that time mm. because it's one of the most beautiful experiences i've had in my life fantastic so let's talk about you know when i was reading about you you know i was reading your mission which is yeah. to make a difference in people's lives by eradicating the root cause of disease and reduce chances of recurring uh, tell me about this mission and help me understand what exactly you mean I'll tell you what I mean, right? What happens is sometimes when some, say for example, somebody realizes they are diabetic, okay, or somebody realizes they are overweight and they want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And if you look at most people, it's a vicious journey. They're constantly trying and trying to come out of that, mm-hmm. the challenge. However, what happens is the root cause of the problem is never explored. Mm-hmm. neither or neither the practitioner has the time to delve into that depth mm-hmm. because they're so overburdened and sometimes the clients also are not equipped 
to explore that, hmm. right? So that's why I feel if we are able to empower the clients and the patients to understand what the root cause it. Hmm. For example, for obesity or weight, it could be emotions, it could be self-image, it hmm. could be stress that is coming out of relationships, it could be confusion, it hmm. could be lack of sense of purpose and meaning in life, and food is full, you know, fueling that need. Correct. So hence, a lot of times the root cause of the origin of the problem is never explored, mm -hmm. right? So once we know the root cause, then only can we create goals and help the client to get into a recovery phase. Yeah. So that is why I wanted to really focus on empowering the client to discover their own root cause. Preeti, let's now move to uh, your organization, Velgi. Yes. Um, tell me about this venture and what motivated you to start it? I think the uh, rising lifestyle disease epidemic in India, mm -hmm. you know, with us being the world's diabetes capital and cardiovascular health going, heart health going mm -hmm. uh, down in the gutters, for a lack of a better word, but also mental health being a big, big issue. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of women die in India because of suicides. Mm -hmm. There's obviously lack of wellness and well-being. Correct. So when I looked at that, you know, and while this is when I'm looking at India while I'm sitting in America, mm -hmm. okay, and I felt that the healthcare system needed a revolution, mm -hmm. needed some sort of a paradigm shift in the way it looked at clients, mm -hmm. right? And with that purpose, you know, I decided to start Welgy, where the focus is again, you know, looking at a client in a manner that they're whole, they're capable and using evidence-based approaches, whether that is psycho coaching psychology, mm -hmm. evidence-based nutrition, exercise physiology, mind body balance approaches, integrative health approaches, how we can help clients to actually make these changes in their life and sustain them. Okay. One part was that. The second part was when I came to India, that was my model initiative. But when I came to India, I realized India does not have health and wellness coaches. Mm -hmm. This is about uh, five years from where we are sitting today. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, nobody even talked about a health coach and a wellness coach in India, if you remember. Mm -hmm. So I realized we needed more skilled people. Okay. How do we even service the market? We needed more skilled people. So that was another initiative that we create world-class health and wellness coaches in India, which will further on have a ripple effect and go on impact other people's life. Okay. And thereby change the uh, overall health and well-being of the nation. So that was Wonderful. the mission. And what is, what is uh, integrative health that you speak about? Yes. So integrative health, you know, conventionally we talked about integrative health when we integrate modalities, mm -hmm. right? So we're integrating allopathic medicine mm -hmm. with complementary and alternative medicines. Mm -hmm. Complementary medicines such as homeopathic, Ayurveda, Mm -hmm. Siddha and alternatives such as, you know, Reiki, pranic healing, acupuncture, you know, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So when we integrate and offer a holistic solution to a client, that's called integrative health. Mm -hmm. However, this approach has expanded now. Mm -hmm. This ex uh, approach has expanded in a manner that it has to be now rather than practitioner driven, it has to be client driven. Okay. It has to be client centric. Hmm. It is looking at a person from, as I said, the whole person perspective, which means looking at every aspect of their life, hmm. 
physical, emotional, social, intellectual health, uh, occupational health, mental health, you know, um, and spiritual health, looking at all the eight dimensions of wellness and help them to form sustainable lifestyle changes Mm -hmm. in a manner that is highly personalized to that individual. Okay. So it is the client that drives the journey, not the practitioner in this case. Mm, very interesting. So that is what integrative health is all very about. Interesting. And you know, you said that you are working on training a lot of health and wellness coaches. Tell me what are some of the wellness challenges Indians face? Some of the wellness challenges India faces today, especially COVID and post-COVID, mm-hmm. is mental health and mental well-being. Okay. Right. This is the biggest, uh, uh, you know, challenge that we're facing with mm-hmm. most people staying at home, most people losing jobs, most people, you know, having challenges in relationships. Mm-hmm. Because so far, what had happened was we were so busy mm-hmm. with our work mm-hmm. that we had little time to even reflect. Correct. You know, now that we're sitting at home, it has given us an opportunity to reflect mm-hmm. and realize what is disjointed in our life. Mm-hmm. What are the gaps? A lot of people have thinking and kind of kind of revisiting. So I think mental health is going to be huge. Okay. Overall changing lifestyle habits. You'll see more people now exercising mm. more than ever before, mm. whether that is uh, even online, there's a big mm. surge. So I think taking accountability and moving away from treatments which are invasive in nature. Mm-hmm. For example, medicines, doctors, hospitals. I think what I see is going to be people moving away from that and taking charge of their own life. Okay. And this COVID has made that happen. And I hope this will stay mm-hmm. with people realizing lifestyle is the key for them to live happy. Mm, well said. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the role of a wellness coach, what would it be? I mean, the wellness coach could not possibly be trained to handle mental diseases. Okay, so I'll ask the, answer the first question. Mm-hmm. Like who is a wellness coach mm-hmm. now? Wellness coaches are behavior change experts. Okay. okay? So they're tra- trained on neuroscience of behavior change. They're trained on coaching psychology. They're trained on healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And the challenge, Ashutosh, is that it's not that there is lack of powerful information mm-hmm. on health and well-being. There's information everywhere on Google and all important channels. Mm. The challenge is implementation of that information is as applicable to that individual, mm. right? And how do you personalize it? And ha- really taking them where they want to be. Okay. And what may mean health for you may look very different for me. Mm. What may seem happiness for you may look very different for me or somebody, mm. you know? So wellness coach is somebody who can help the clients navigate from where they are today and have absolute clarity where they want to go and help them get there okay so that's what a wellness coach is Hmm. okay Hmm. and your second question is whether wellness coaches can work in mental Hmm. well-being yes and yes and yes okay okay so coaches health and wellness coaches work with stress anxiety relationships all of these are areas and depression also please please understand most of the depression that we see right now is not clinical Mm -hmm. It's not that there's something wrong with our the bio, the, you know, the, the neuron functioning of our brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
most of the dis- dip, uh, depression in the world today is our incapability of coping with life circumstances okay okay so wellness coaches will definitely work in the area of depression when it's coming from this area mm-hmm. the areas that they don't work in is when it gets clinical say for example there's trauma there is sure. rape you know drug abuse mm. those are areas in terms of mental health uh, so look at it in a way wellness coaches are going to work in mental well being mm. okay uh, and of help people with stress anxiety relationships and depression which is not clinical in nature okay, wonderful and you know you're building a business that is you know working very very closely with every human being yes therefore there has to be a very strong amount of trust yes between your wellness coach and your client yes what are some of the values that you believe in for your business the number one values for me is being a good human being mm-hmm. i think a lot of people who come into the wellness space or want to serve others mm-hmm. even if they see an opportunity they have to be a drive to want to okay. help others right mm-hmm. generally world over when you see wellness coaches they're naturally nurturing in nature mm-hmm. that is why they've chosen this phase uh, this field it gives them immense satisfaction when somebody's life is transformed mm-hmm. so <coughs> so what i'm excuse me so what i'm really looking for within my team mm-hmm. is qualities of being a great human being mm-hmm. okay second is ethics mm-hmm. it's very very important for me and sometimes it's challenging to do that in india mm-hmm. and world over also but i st- stand very very strongly on ethics and value and want to create value correct for for so ethics value and being a good human being are the core because mm. wellness coaching is so personal and so you know it changes so many lives it mm. had to have those cal- cal- uh, qualities very interesting now next question that i want to move to is you know this is the age of the millennials Yes. And you know they are the people who are virtually taking over the world and taking it forward. What is the thinking of the millennials and the Gen Zs about wellness? More important than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more important than we would have ever thought at this age. Mm-hmm. I think the 20s are very very aware. The younger audience is very very aware. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was I was thinking about all of these things mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I remember coaching a uh, long time ago a group of maybe about a year and a half two years ago a group of 24 year olds and there was a group of four five people mm-hmm. it was very fascinating for me to coach that group because it gave me an idea of what they were thinking about mm-hmm. a lot of these wanted to go towards minimalism mm-hmm. okay so in the phase that we want to acquire and buy more things and mm-hmm. you know they wanted to go minimalistic mm-hmm. they wanted to get into social entrepreneurship mm-hmm. so working towards a cause and being an entrepreneur i saw that and that is i think is great uh giving importance to work life balance because we've seen our parents and ourselves would work 12 hours 14 hours 16 hours it was was common for us to see that sure. and the younger generation saying you know what money's not everything mm-hmm. i need it but i need to identify when is enough mm-hmm. to kind of talk about that i think it's very very profound mm-hmm. and but the challenge i see can i say about the challenge that i see in the in this um segment as well is our ability and capability to articulate how we are feeling okay 
okay in the world of technology in the world of social media where mm-hmm. we are communicating and where we are breaking over whatsapp messages mm-hmm. the younger people the biggest challenge we're going to face in the years to come including my son you know that age group the biggest skill they would need to uh, know is how do i communicate how yeah. i feel mm. what's going on inside me how do i connect to another individual mm. because earlier whenever there was a problem we would sit down and solve the problem mm. nowadays a lot of youngsters will say you know they will escape from the situation mm. rather than conversing talking and mm. that is the challenge i see mm. but lot of great uh, interest in wellness and well-being in in the younger audience now they're going to uh retreats spiritual retreats they're going to uh, you know meditation classes and so on and so forth which i think we didn't do it when we were certainly. young certainly you did <laughs> yeah, i did <laughs> but we didn't do it i mean the, the realization right now I is i agree quantum number is significantly more absolutely so please have a time for two more questions for you sure my next question is that for a person who achieved self realization at such an early age who's you know went through an accident another self realization there's so many points that you have been able to internalize and think through what does success mean to preeti happiness okay and you know no more money if i earn if i'm not happy at the end of the day mm-hmm. if i if i'm going to bed and i'm i'm having a peaceful night of sleep mhm you know that's really important okay. and that's what's really happening it was very difficult the first 3 years mm-hmm. when we started off welgi uh there were many times i wanted to pull my hair out there were many times i cried because mm-hmm. i don't know whether i would be able to do this mm-hmm. but we reach a stage now and i'm so glad i had the resilience to pull through the first few years mm-hmm. but there's such great satisfaction and happiness when you see there are coaches who are coming out and they're changing other people's life mm-hmm. your team and you know they're changing people's life no matter what happens i will feel that i have created whatever may be a small legacy of goodwill and uh, done some good work and that is happiness for me and happiness yeah. is everything <laughs> fantastic and my last question to you where do you draw your inspiration from earlier my inspiration came a lot from my father mm-hmm. and he is very you know he's an entrepreneur himself mm-hmm. so as a young girl i would always sit in the boardroom listen to discussions and he would really inspire me he even does a lot of social work even now mm-hmm. and the gigantic heart of compassion that he has he has people who's, who are working with him for 20 25 years and no matter up and down they still stuck to him mm. they look up to him as a leader and a mentor and a guide mm. i drive my inspiration from him and the second person i drive my inspiration is from a 5 year old son and okay. i'll tell you why mm. my 5 year old son really inspires me because every time he falls he gets up mm. every time he cries the next time he laughs mm. at himself mm. right and the other inspiration what was beautiful about a child now when i see how they're going doing experiential learning mm-hmm. is the world is their oyster you know you try if they're creating a story book you can't impose your ideas on them mm. they have their ideas their imagination and they'll say this is my mind mm. this is my thinking mind mm. i have an open mind and this is my imagination not yours mama mm. right and for them to say that that they have a mind 
I didn't even know I had a mind when I was mm-hmm. five years old. Mm-hmm. So, so every day when I observe my child and all of these, I'm learning so much from him and he inspires me. Mm-hmm. These are two people who really inspired me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Preeti, thank you so much. It's been such You're a pleasure speaking to you. I wish you and Welji lots and lots of success. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Thank you so much for having me and to listening up, to listen to my story. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.